Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Joining us now via the Brownie and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Curbs, we appreciate the time as always, man. How you doing today? Brandon, I'm doing good. First off, thanks for the adjustments this week. Uh, parenting sometimes take over, so I appreciate you guys being flexible. And then uh, secondly, it was really awesome having you guys uh, around the rink and on the broadcast down the stretch in the playoffs. Everybody there from the fast lady, you guys, Michelle and Randy, it was it was really an awesome, fun team effort as uh, we went into that second round. It Pretty was good so, times, I think. It, it was awesome, and it was such a blast to be able to be there for so many of those big wins in the playoffs, and uh, we appreciate you for uh, extending the invite to us. Curbs, I, I did want to ask you, as we do some of the end-of-season recap, there was an award that was announced, I believe it was later on last night, with the Jack Adams Award voting. Curbs, do you you have a vote in this, correct? I do. I do. Yes, I do. So I'm curious. Uh, and, and one of those two votes for Craig Berube was mine. Okay. So. That, that, that was that was part <laughs> of my, my question because Craig Berube ended up with two third place votes and that was it. He was 14th overall in the voting for the Jack Adams Award this year. I, I guess kind of a two part question for me. One, what is your process? What do you go through for determining who you're going to vote for? And then two, were you surprised to see Barubi that low on the list when this was announced yesterday? Uh, in reverse order, I'd say, yes, I was surprised uh, that that it was, you know, that he was so low and that he only received two votes for there. Um, I'll And then I'll come back to that here in just a second. Mm-hmm. My, my process is, I, I look at the overall jobs that, that were done, and I look at the challenges. Uh, I, I look at one. I look at team success. I don't base my decision off of preseason expectations, because preseason expectations are media expectations. They're not necessarily team expectations. Like we know how good this St. Louis Blues team was this year, right? And yet, a lot of other people watching this team. We're more surprised when they continue to see the Blues' success, right? So I, I don't go off of preseason expectations. Um, but I, I look at the challenges, I look at the team, and then I look at the job that was done. I believe firmly, for example, like I believe a John Cooper, you know, uh, I think it was last year I had him maybe one or two in, in voting. I know he didn't win it uh, there, but I had him because because I think he even I think a coach of a really good team, you know, succeeding with that really good team, still is a hell of a coaching job. You know, I don't, I don't think every single manager out there could do what Bill, uh, what Joe Torrey did with the New York Yankees, you know, at, at the time. And sometimes it takes a, a heck of a strong person and a great manager to manage, uh, you know, the, the continued successes. So I, I look at all those factors here. And in this case, uh, my, my ballot, I try to remember this year, my ballot was, uh, um, was, was Sutter and it was, 
I can't remember the second one, and then Craig Berube. Was it Gallant, Curbs? Uh, yeah, it was Gallant. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. It, it, it was Gallant. And, and, and the reason is, I, I think that I think Daryl Sutter reimagined the Calgary Flames. He got more out of like like he made Milan Lucic an effective player again. And he had the, and they, they they didn't just play have a good season. They won their division, right? There, there were so there was so much good that he did from from a coaching standpoint on there. Gallant, don't forget, two years ago the New York Rangers sent a note to all their season ticket holders saying we're about to go into this rebuild, and and Gallant turned them into a contender this year. Uh, Gerard Gallant, I think, did did a heck of a job. Uh, with the New York Rangers and 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 redefining that organization, and and with Craig Berube, guys, I when when other teams were getting you know games canceled and all that, Craig Berube just plugged another guy in and they found a way to win. Five different goaltenders won games for this team this year. You know, Chucky Sideburns won five games in a row. Callie Rosen came in and became such an effective player. He became a go-to guy in the playoffs when injuries were there. I, I think Craig Berube and his staff did an absolutely excellent job. Um, and then, you know, to me, and then the borderline with me with Craig Berube would have been Dean Evison. Uh, I, I know I, so those, those were my top four guys, but I, I, and I'll finish with this one, Brandon, as we give some insight into it is the broadcasters that vote for uh, the coach of the year. I, I think that this was a year where, I mean, I, I literally think there were about 10 coaches that I could have made a case for a case for. It was really, I think, I think the way some things are handled, the way some coaches did things and, and good teams found success, and some teams you might have been surprised with um, early on found later success. There were a lot of great options out there this year. Curves. With that being said, how do you expect the same coaching staff to be back with the Blues? Because I know Pierre LeBrun had an article out today on the Athletic talking about how you know Jim Montgomery, Steve Ott, Mike Van Ryan all are going to get some types of calls this offseason about head coaching jobs. Yeah, I. You know what? I actually. I'll be surprised if one, if not two, do not get an opportunity. You know, there's still, I think, four or five open jobs, you know, with a couple of jobs having to be decided whether or not the interim guy gets it. But you got to assume a guy like Andrew Brunette gets the, you know, holds on to the job there in, in, in Florida, right? You know, we, we make the assumption that Woodcroft holds on to the job in Edmonton, you know, but I still think there's, there's four or five opportunities out there. The one that I think probably gets thought after the most is Jimmy Montgomery. Uh, with his experience, with his knowledge, and 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 you know, and he's ready for it again. I think, I think that's a good one. Mike Van Ryan, I, I would expect to get some some discussions and have uh, some interviews. It, but let me put it this way: if they don't, if 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 Montgomery, Mike Van Ryan, and Steve Ott don't at least get interviewed, then general managers are not doing their job. You just you can't overlook the success that the Blues have had as an organization and as a team over the last four or five years. And and not at least explore those options, but I would I'll be shocked if if uh, if if you know if one if not two of those guys are with us next year because I would expect them to get that opportunity. One's got to go coming up here in about ten minutes or so. Six five seven eight zero is the Air Comfort Service tax line. You give us four options, we'll tell you which one's got to go coming up in ten minutes. But right now we're talking to the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber, for another few minutes here on BK and Ferrario. Uh, Curbs, we know kind of what the outline of the offseason looks like. David Perron is an unrestricted free agent. It seems like everybody, including both nationally and locally, expects that that's just a matter of when, not if, the Blues will be able to re-sign him. And then the questions really surround, okay, 
Is this going to be another significant change of offseason with maybe Vladimir Tarasenko being shopped? Or you look at uh, potentially bringing in a Matthew Kachuk, bringing in a potential left-handed defenseman to play with Colton Pareko, or is it more just piecing things together? You you acquire a fourth-line player, you go out there and maybe you bring back Nick Letty and you run this thing back next year. How do you assess kind of the overall look of what this offseason should be? So it really is a fascinating, fun crystal ball to try and look into, isn't it? Uh, there, there's so many what ifs. I mean, I don't know if you guys used to have those books as a kid, those choose your own adventure where you'd read a page and then it'd say for this, go to page X. And then for this, go to page Y. That's what this off season is right now from a fan standpoint. Let's start with David Perron. Uh, I, I think, I, I think you have to resign David Perron. I, I don't know who fills that role that he does. I, I think, and, and Doug Armstrong's comments about him, you know, beating father time down a little bit. Um, and, and for me, and I've said this, I think it's also just his passion for this organization and this city. And I believe that that truly does mean something. I, I, I think it has to mean something as you continue to bring young kids into your organization to learn about the heritage of your team, the history of your team, and the importance of a franchise. And that, I think, helps build winners there. It's what an Alexander Steen did. You know, when new guys like O'Reilly and these guys came in, and, and I think that's a role that David Perron fits absolutely perfectly. So, to me, the first domino is David Perron because that helps set up your top six. Uh, and then also, not just set up your top six, but maybe like two years down the road, starts to fill in your bottom three, right? Or you know, somewhere in there. Uh, the, the, then, then it's a decision time of, of what is the situation with Vladimir Tarasenko. Hopefully everything stays a lot more private than it did. Maybe it's all fixed and we just don't know about it. Right. So that remains to be seen. The salary cap we know is going to go up a little bit. We do know that the team has to add, probably get a couple of things answered defensively, you know, and then there's the Billy Huso question of what do you do when it comes to the goaltending? I believe there's probably a move to be made from a forward standpoint and a defenseman standpoint this offseason. Uh, the Blues and Doug Armstrong is not just going to stamp that with the results of this year because the team did not get out of the second round. So I would expect some changes in there. But I caution with this one thing, Brandon, and this is it for me. I believe that the Blues are still within a championship window. I believe that the core is there. I believe the ability is there. I think from the goaltending out, you've got a championship window. I'm not so sure that that window gets filled if you turn around and say you bring in both a Bullduke and a Neighbors, and you have to rely a lot on that youth. Look what happened you know, with some mistakes in these playoffs with some of the younger players, right? There's still growing pains that are going to happen. So... I think you've got to bring that youth along as the Blues say did with Robert Thomas rather because I think more mistakes happen if you get too young too quick. So to me, um, they've got a couple of, I think, really exciting offensive-minded players coming up in, in, in Neighbors and Bullduke, and it's how they manage their growth and development that will keep the success of this team going for a lot longer than just the next couple of years. So to me, that, that all plays into some of the fun that this offseason is going to have. So I'm going to mention two names, Curbs, and I'm just curious from your perspective. You know, you probably already know who I'm going to ask you about, but if this happened this offseason, the level of surprise from Chris Kerber would be blank. If the Blues went out and acquired this offseason, Jacob Chikrin to be that left-handed defenseman and Matthew Kachuk to be a legit top-line left winger for you, your surprise level would be blank. Um, my surprise level would be zero. If, 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 if both those things were to happen, because I think those are moves that, that could potentially improve the team. Now, uh, fitting both those guys under the salary cap, I, I guess I would have to say my surprise level would be something because I don't think it's possible to fit them both under the salary cap as, as it is. So whatever other moves happen, 
But I'd say this. The Chikrin thing brings you a young guy that you could have locked up for a while, uh, gives you that shot that you're looking for, and also has some size. So that that one's really intriguing. The Matthew Kachuk guys, I, I know, is a fascinating one, and I know there's there's a lot of intrigue, and you know, and you fall in love with with what he is as a St. Louis and, and as a hockey player. But he's still under contract to Calgary, and you could either give up a lock to get him now, or you gamble and and you just wait and see, and he becomes potentially an unrestricted free agent a year from now. And if he doesn't and ends up signing with somebody else, well, then he does and he signs with somebody else. And look at the talent you still have in this organization. You're still in some great shape. You know, so to me, the timing of, of a Matthew Kachuk situation is always intriguing because you have to make the decision, do we give up something to try and make a trade for him now? Do you let somebody else try to do that, right? Or, you know, do you potentially see if he becomes a, a UFA and then it doesn't cost you any assets to sign him? So that's that's the intriguing one for me, but... I could see both of those guys easily at some point in time over the next year or so on, on the Blues' radar to kick some tires at. Curbs, final one for me that I'm curious about, and Craig Berube and Doug Armstrong both discussed it in their uh, exit interviews with the media, was the fourth line and how Craig Berube said that it really didn't have an identity all season long. How do you build an identity with that team? Do you go via free agency? Do you feel like some of these younger guys can fill that spot? Well, I get the sense from Doug Armstrong's comments that I think he'd like to see Logan Brown get a chance on there. Now, keep I, I, I temper that by think by remembering that the coach is saying that look, he's a top, he's a top six, top nine guy, not a bottom three guy, and and so I, th- that'll be interesting. I, I, I have some of this in house, Alex, but yeah, this team I think one of the one of the holes that this team became is this the, the Blues instead of becoming really a rolling four line team like they have been the last few years, they truly became a three line team. And uh, and so I, I think they definitely have to develop more of that identity. Those are the kind of things, though, that you can fit. Remember, they tried to do it with Kyle Clifford, right? And it just didn't work out the way that they wanted to. But those are the types of moves that, that you can make. I, I've got to think that there could be some reshaping and some, some um, you know, some maneuvering, whether it be a signing or a deal, to help shore up a little bit more of an identity on that fourth line. Without a doubt, I think that's probably a priority that, that the team's going to look at because it, it became clear over the course of the season that not having that really impacted kind of the other three lines. Curbs, it's going to be an awesome offseason. Looking forward to looking it all over with you throughout the offseason. We'll talk with you again soon. Again, thanks so much for everything throughout this uh, blue season. It was uh, a tremendous one, and we're hoping for even more success going into next year. All the best to you and the fam. We'll talk with you again soon, man. All right, Brandon. Thanks, guys. Uh, gr- great job. And, yeah, this offseason will be kind of quick. Remember, in 19, it was only, what, about nine days from now that we uh, that we won a Stanley Cup? Yeah. So this offseason, it was June 12th, right? This offseason is going to go pretty quick. Looking forward to it, guys. Thanks. Absolutely. That's Chris.